I believe that, first of all, we've got to know our people, whether in a business, whether in a family, whether in a community. We've got to know what gives people meaning, and we can't possibly understand that unless we get to know people. Hello, my friend, and welcome to this Friday episode of A Call to Leadership. I'm Dr. Nate Sall, your host. And every Friday, it's just you and I in the trenches. We focus on one tool for your leadership toolbox. It's just the two of us. Every Monday, we have a Business Monday where I have a couple of co-hosts who are amazing, who help me to unpack some business issues in leadership. Every Wednesday, I invite an expert to tell a story, usually inspiring about expertise in some aspect of leadership. I invite you to join me on those pieces of this variety show as well. The goal is to inspire us to reach higher, aim for greatness in serving others as leaders. And so here we are on this Friday episode. And today is a very special episode focused on one aspect of leadership that sometimes we miss, sometimes we don't think is important, but it's essential to overcoming our obstacles, to meeting our challenges head on, whether they're issues in our business life, in our family life, in our community life. And that is something you've heard of many times over, but perhaps haven't understood or experienced or put into practice behaviors on a daily basis to meet this in your different areas of expertise. And that's gratitude. I talked about this a bit some time ago in terms of having the perspective of your very last moment. In other words, every moment someone is having their unexpected last moment, whether it's right now, the next moment. And so in every moment to be grateful, to be able to have the moment that leads me to fulfill my vision as long as I have air to breathe. And so some ways we can implement our sense of gratitude in the moment because it's a crucial component. It allows us to adopt a positive mindset rather than a negative one that enables us to develop resilience. It helps us take action. I mean, it helps us to self-improve. And I wanted to go through a few ways that I've found that Leaders can inspire their followers. We can inspire our followers, you and I, in our businesses, in our families, in our communities to live in gratitude because I believe it is truly the X factor when we embrace thankfulness, appreciation. You think, Nate, well, maybe life is kind of rough and I don't have much to be appreciative for. Hold on to what you do have to be appreciative for. For me, it's air. Sometimes just breathing air, being able to take a deep breath, boy, being able to drink water, to open my eyes. And someone today may not be able to open, you may not be able to open your eyes today. In fact, I was having a conversation years ago and it was a Zoom call with a gentleman and I was talking about this subject right here, gratitude. And I said, you know, just having my sight is, uh, I'm grateful for it every day. And I had no idea. He just totally shocked me because on the other side of the Zoom call, I, I couldn't see his face. It was There was no video. He said, Nate, I'm glad you have gratitude because I'm blind. I cannot see. And how many people take that for granted? I said, man, I, I'm sorry. I hope I didn't offend you. He said, no, not at all. Not at all, Nate. And boy, I, I've never forgotten that. 
just to be able to open my eyes and to see. I mean, there's so many little things for which I can be grateful for. And as I progress through this episode, I'm going to list some examples, five of them, that I think that are key that we can implement today, right now, as leaders. One, the very first one, is if we want to have an attitude of gratitude that permeates our areas of leadership, we've got to lead by examples. We've got to embody the values we want to instill in our followers. And gratitude is no exception. In business, a great example is the CEO of Microsoft, Satya Nadella. And his success is attributed to what we call daily gratitude practice. He writes down three things he's grateful for every single day, at least at the time it's recording, and encourages his employees to do the same. You know, when we model behavior we expect from our employees, that's what we call leading by example. If you place a great emphasis on punctuality, for example, I do, then I must myself make a conscious effort to arrive early to meetings, be prepared on time. If I emphasize teamwork as a critical aspect of my not only my organization's culture, my family's culture, my community's culture, then I have to embody that. I have to demonstrate this value. How do I do that? I can collaborate with colleagues. I can seek their input. I can seek feedback. I can ask for critiques. I can acknowledge the contributions of my team members. I can't stress how important this is. Sometimes we forget how life-giving. It's like a glass of cold water on a hot day when we acknowledge the contributions of those who are called to work alongside of us, who often make sacrifices we don't even know they're making. And acknowledgements can, they don't have to be some grand event. They can be, and there's nothing wrong with that, but they can just be an acknowledgement that, hey, I'm so thankful that you're on this team. I'm grateful that you provided this support. You know what else it can be? It can also be some ways that you can help your team members improve. Hey, I saw you, you did this project in this way. And I think there's some opportunity here. I acknowledge your contribution and I can see that you're moving in the right direction. And I want to help you. I want to give you the tools and resources to do that. That, my friend, has so much power that just that moment of gratitude in a family, same thing. Parents, we can model this behavior by showing appreciation for one another. We can express gratitude for just everyday moments. You know, you think about that. When we place an emphasis on modeling the behaviors we want our followers to exhibit, it'll reinforce expectations. It'll set an example for what we want to see following. And it creates a culture where our values are actually lived because we believe in them. And I said this before, to believe is to be living, not just preached, not just spoken, not do as I say, not as I do, that's old school, friend. That doesn't work anymore, right? No, it's lived. We've got to live our values. We've got to model them. First, we have to know what they are. And if you don't know what they are, we're going to have a great series pretty soon on how to create a winning culture. But we've got to live those values. And then what does that mean? That increases accountability. It increases alignment. It increases connectivity. It increases an incentive, all of that. 
And once we begin to model it, then we can start to encourage. That's our second point. So number one was to model. Number two is to encourage practices that are gratitude oriented. You know, we should encourage our followers to adopt these practices, such as uh, one could be journaling, uh, reflecting on things we're grateful for. I have a client who has a gratitude journal where they have all of the things that they appreciate. They read and reflect on the things that they're grateful for. So in business, we can have employee recognition programs that can incentivize grateful behavior, uh, acknowledging colleagues who have gone above and beyond. However, we must be really careful with that because the recognition programs, they must be fair. They must be clear. They must be reachable. I recently had a conversation with a client who was part of a recognition program and didn't get recognized and had all the criteria to reach the status of the recognition and didn't get the phone call and then asked, hey, where did I miss it? Did I not meet all the criteria? Oh, no, you you met the criteria. Well, can you explain why I didn't reach the pinnacle, if you will, that I was striving for? No, we can't tell you. That person's looking for a new role at a new company. You say, Nate, could that one thing cause that to happen? It can. If we set up a process for recognition and it's unfair and it doesn't work, you're going to have unhappy people. You're going to have ungrateful people. On the flip side, if you make it clear and fair and you recognize, it can actually bolster a connection to the organization. It can encourage more reaching at a higher level and more cohesiveness in the corporate culture. How about a family? In a family, we could create a daily routine that includes reflecting on one thing, just one thing each family member is grateful for. And so we've done this during meals. We've done this before bedtime. We've done this on trips. And this is a great way to encourage an attitude, if you will, of really just thinking about and being intentional And then you can talk about it. We talk about it during meals. And then it also gets us really engaged in one another as a family. Another way to do it, I don't know if you've heard of a gratitude jar, where family members, they write down something they're grateful for, and they place a note in the jar. And this is really cool. So this activity, what it does, it's a reinforcing activity. And it reinforces the habit of finding things to appreciate in life. So it's, again, back to the intentionality. And there's a visuality to it. It's a visual reminder of the blessings in each person's life. So those are great ways. Volunteer work is another way to engage. We can engage in charitable activities as a family, encourages the practice of gratitude. This is something that recently happened to us. My son and I were, we had 30 days of love. And I mentioned on a different episode of perhaps a couple of them during the last holiday season. And the very first act of kindness that we set aside time for which was a charitable activity, is we went and got McDonald's. 10 bags of McDonald's, 10 French fries, 10 burgers, 10 desserts, and 10 drinks. And it was all hot. It was cold out. And we were in downtown St. Louis, and we were driving around. We were looking for homeless people. And my son was even a little concerned. He's like, Dad, is this safe? And uh, it's like, it's going to be okay. And we saw our first group of homeless people and I rolled the window down and my son on my son's side and 
Now, this is a pretty nice SUV, and my son's a little nervous, right, as he should be, because this is a different environment, and he was just nervous about his safety. But when he saw that person, and I just rolled the window down, I said, sir, we've got hot meals on a cold day. Would you like one? And he walked up to the window. He said, yes. And the look in his eye of just deep gratitude, thank you, wow. And my son seeing that was just, he can't even describe how important and impactful that was to him, to see a person just helping a person in need, give him a moment of dignity. Him seeing that, giving that opportunity for him to experience giving back to the community. By the way, he wanted to pay half for all of this food, and I allowed him to do that. So he's also participating in giving back to the community, and he's recognizing the abundance of the resources and the privileges this family has while helping those in need. So you can see how encouraging practices of gratitude helps to create just positivity, appreciativeness, in household culture, as well as a business. It allows family members to see not only the good in their lives, but the good in society that can combat negative emotions like envy, like resentment, like entitlement. And they can all affect relationships, not only within the family, in the business, in the community. All right, number three, another way to encourage an attitude of gratitude, which is essential for overcoming our obstacles, is to give opportunities for meaningful work. Now, leaders who give followers opportunities to engage in what I would call meaningful work, they allow us to help others find purpose in their work. It can create a sense of accomplishment. It can help us to boost morale. And then that then funnels into greater appreciation for the opportunity to contribute positively. So there's all kinds of ways to do this. And I'm a huge advocate of this. I believe that, first of all, we've got to know our people, whether in a business, whether in a family, whether in a community. We've got to know what gives people meaning. And we can't possibly understand that unless we get to know people. And shame on us if we say, oh, well, I'm too busy or if I have too big of a team and I'm, you know, I'm leading 300 or 3,000 people, there's no way for me to know what gives people meaning. Well, then that needs to be delegated throughout the organization at each level, at each team level, and team leaders must be able to do that. And we have to give opportunities for those individuals and empower them. Because if we can't help people find meaning and purpose in their work, it's likely that they will burn out and they will find other work. In fact, I just brought someone on not too long ago who had been working at a firm for some time and came to start to work for us part-time. And I gave this individual work that I asked, what kind of work do you find most engaging most attractive, that gives you a sense of purpose, gives you a sense of meaning, gives you a sense of mastery, and something that you can begin to move into autonomy with. And so this individual began to outline a number of different things. And they were things that needed to get done within my organization. Now, if there are roles and responsibilities that don't fit your organization, that may not be a fit. However, in our situation, it was. 
And so I began to give this individual work. And just the countenance began to rise, the joy and the love of the work. Talk about a sense of accomplishment. Talk about morale boost, right? Not only that, but all the other individuals in the organization also share that, right? I don't give people work that's not in their genius zone. Now, every so often, yes. You know what? We got to roll up our sleeves. If you got to pitch in, we're a team. But that's not the norm. That's the exception. The norm is put people in their genius zone where they do the best possible work and allow them to begin to flourish. So it's up to us to identify that by communication and discovery and extraction. And then if there's a position that fits that within an organization, then we put them in that. Same thing in family. So there's ways to do this in a family. You know, us as parents, we can allow our children opportunities to engage in activities that help them connect. It could be with nature. It could be creative hobbies. Anything that ignites their passions. Give them an opportunity to do that. Do some exploration. My son and I recently started hiking. We're planning on a trip, and the trip involves a climb up a mountain, just so happens to be a live volcano. And so in preparation for that, this is going to be an arduous journey. So we started talking about hiking, and we decided we're going to hike once a week and get our backpacks, get a lunch, and we've been doing this for a couple of weeks now, and it's been fantastic. I mean, just a, a way to connect. And, you know, he's connecting with nature. It's a hobby for him. We're shoulder to shoulder, just doing life, talking, engaging in a ways that we haven't been able to do in for many months. All of this is based on giving opportunities for meaning. And that develops an attitude, a sense of gratitude, because it's a sense of purpose. It's an appreciation. All right. Number four. Hey, how often do we celebrate successes? You know, we as leaders must celebrate the successes of our followers. I briefly mentioned this in the first one. Now I'm going to go into some detail. You need to show appreciation for dedication and for work, for hard work. Uh, send a message that your contributions are valued. The recognize, I see you, right? Think about like ways we can do this, right? And it can simply be by saying, hey, this was fantastic work. This work could be better, right? Sitting down and having a conversation with someone and just going through what's working, what they've done well, and where you appreciate their work and where they can improve, right? And not only just big ones, small ones too. In a family, same thing. Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate accomplishments. Small victories build courage. Remember that. Small victories build courage. And when we can show victoriousness, we can continue to be courageous in the tougher stuff, right? So it doesn't matter if it's big or small. And then celebrate by rewards, Right In a family, simple as a family meal, a movie night, sharing a success on social media, right? All of those are ways that we can celebrate accomplishments, right? In the moment, it's like a nod. It's like, hey, you know what? You matter. You matter. All right, last one. Number five, emphasize the power of 
perspective. What does that mean? When it comes to navigating challenges, obstacles, take a step back, reflect on our blessings, and reframe adversity as an opportunity for growth and that can be transformative in our personal and our professional lives, right? In business, we can encourage our teams to find opportunities to innovate in challenging times, right? Adapt and overcome constantly. When I'm in the work environment and I'm sharing, this is going to be a difficult season. This is going to be a difficult time. It's going to grow us. It's going to strengthen us. It's going to bind us. We're going to do it together. That is where we emphasize the power of perspective. We're not dead. We're still here. That means we can still make this happen. And sometimes it doesn't happen in the way we thought. Sometimes in business, there are detours to get to our vision. We've got to lay our vision out. Sometimes we are curled up in a corner in a ball for a moment. We get out of that ball and we get out there and fight because this is the thing about battleships. As leaders, that's what we are. And they're safe in the harbor, but that's not what we're made for. We're made to be out on the seas. Now, there is a time to be in the harbor for recharging, for replenishing, for rejuvenating, for restructuring. But then we got to get back out there. And when the challenges come, that gives us an opportunity to pivot, to innovate, to grow. That's how I frame obstacles. Right, That's the power of perspective. In a family, the same way. We can reflect on the lessons we learn from past experiences because failure is not final. It's feedback. You've heard me say this before. If you've listened before, if you're new to listening, failure is only final when we give up. So don't give up. Right, Every time something doesn't happen the way we expect, right? our past experiences are part of the playbook. We know what not to do next time, right? The old Edison light bulb. I figured out a thousand ways how not to make a light bulb until he figured out a way to make a light bulb, right? How we can overcome similar challenges in the future. All of this is based on perspective. How I view the world around me. Do I view the world in such a way that I will face a challenge today. I may face 10 challenges today. I may face 30 challenges today, but I will find a way to overcome. And you say, Nate, some of my challenges, they are overwhelming. Okay, I get it. I've had challenges that way too. So overwhelming that I've had like physical issues. I've had ulcers. I've had major debilitating depreciation. I am talking accounting terminology, (laughs) depression. But here I am today. Here you are today. We don't do this alone. The perspective also is a perspective of who do I know who can be there for me? Sometimes it's just someone to listen. Sometimes it's someone to throw me a life raft. Sometimes it's someone to carry me when I'm too weak. Any of the above, but don't go it alone, friend. Have the perspective that you're not alone. You say, Nate, there is no one for me. Yes, there is. There is someone. You have to ask for help. Now, if you're in a situation to where you keep getting yourself in a jam and you keep asking for help, but you're making the same mistakes over and over again, well, that's a problem on your end, friend. You've got to make changes. 
Look at your situation. Reflect on your lessons learned from past experience, how you can overcome similar challenges in the future by approaching your new challenges in a different way. And be grateful in the moment that you can even think about it, that you have the cognition to consider it. And then take action. You know, vision is a very small part of life. And it's an important part of life. In fact, Proverbs, the old proverb 29 18 says that without vision, the people perish. That's great. It's important. But it's only a small part. The main part of leadership is execution. Of course, after we've created a plan, you've got to be able to take action and execute and do it with a sense of gratitude and thankfulness. It's essential for personal life. It's essential for professional life. It's essential for your growth. It's crucial for us as leaders to inspire our followers to live in gratitude, whether it's through leading by example, whether it's encouraging gratitude practices, giving opportunities for that meaningful work, celebrating those successes, or emphasizing the power of perspective. When we apply this with positivity, with consistency, gratitude can transform individuals, organizations, families, communities. It can lead for a very bright future for all of us. Well, my friend, we did it again. I'm so glad you joined me on this episode of A Call to Leadership. If you've been with me on the show, listening in, you'll know this. But if you're new, you may not know that I created a free course for you that you don't need to provide an email address. You don't need to go anywhere, but to stay right here in the podcast. I created the very first six episodes of the podcast because I wanted you to have the kind of value that you need to take advantage of to thrive as a leader. So if you haven't done that yet, listen to episodes one through six. I'll see you on the next episode. I'm Dr. Nate Sala, and this is A Call to Leadership.